Hi, it's Michael Anthony. And welcome to The Meat of It, a carnivore podcast about life. Uh, my guest today is, to me, a very special guest. Um, this is someone I've been following for years, and we've been uh, communicating for years about the carnivore diet and our journeys and all this great stuff. And I'm just so happy to have her on with me today. Thank you, carnivore yogi, Sour Kleiner. Thank you so much for having me here, Michael Anthony. I, you know, I was just on a little chat with my sisters before this, and uh, I was like, yeah, I've been following Michael Anthony since the beginning of my carnivore journey. And it's just like one of those things where watching your videos doesn't really matter what you're talking about. It just gives me this great deal of comfort. It's just like, oh, just relax when I, when I hear your videos. So it's really cool to actually get to chat with you today. So thank you for asking me to be here. Uh, thanks so much. I really appreciate that. And that's something you hope for, you know, that you're bringing a good energy that people can come back to, which is something you do. And I think people clearly respond to it. So, um, and uh, so your your journey has been oh, for for one, for one thing. I mean, carnivore yogi. That's a that's an important thing we should just get to right away. The fact that you are a, a yoga instructor, you're uh, certified. Yes. Right? And um, you have this background in in spirituality, meditation, and all these things. And right away, a lot of people will say, no, you can't be a yogi and a carnivore. You have to be vegetarian or even better, vegan. Yep. And uh, that it lowers your vibes to eat animal meat and stuff like that. I've I even did a, a video saying the opposite. I you know yeah. I, you know I called it higher fat, higher vibes. You know, and um, and so my experience has been the opposite. How about yours? Totally the opposite. You know, I've been teaching for over a decade now. Um, professionally, I'm certified and teach in person, virtually have taught all over the city, thousands of hours worth of teaching and practicing as well. And I did try to do the vegan thing um, back in 2012. I did it for two years straight uh, because I thought that that was kind of part of the deal of being a legit yogi, a legit yoga teacher, wanting to fit into the community, wanting to fit in at the studios and all the places that I was teaching and practicing. And it just didn't work for me. It did not work for me at all. My health deteriorated. I was on several different medications for depression, anxiety, for insomnia. Um, I had cavities for the first time in my life. I would get injuries because in yoga, it is physical. Like type, certain types of yoga are very physical. And I would be trying to do the chaturangas a lot. And my shoulders would get these horrible injuries. So um, what, what, what move is that? The chaturanga? It's like a yoga push-up, essentially. Okay. And in certain practices, you'll do like a hundred of those in one practice, you know, mm. to, to transition through different postures. Um, and so I was really trying to perfect chaturanga and several arm balances, like balancing my whole body weight on my elbows and doing, you know, some pretty athletic stuff. And I would get really injured. Mm. Um, and then I would try to do everything to heal. I would go pay and get body work done and I would try to rest and nothing. I just wouldn't heal. I would have months and months of pain. And then I'd be teaching and trying to adjust students and doing all this stuff. And I was in constant pain. Um, and I was underweight. I, I didn't look good towards the end. And um, I've put a bunch of pictures up on my Instagram of my vegan days. And it was finally one of my yoga teachers that was like, you know what? I know you're trying to practice nonviolence, non-harming towards animals. I know what you're trying to do. It's called ahimsa in yoga. 
but you're practicing violence towards yourself by depriving your body of essential nutrients. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to eat animals and do yoga. He said, I've been doing it for over 20 years and it's okay. Mm -hmm. There's a sustainable way to do it. There's a way you can do it, but you need to do it because you're not going to last. You're not going to be able to be of service to your community, to your family. You're going to be sick soon. And so I finally, I had, I was relieved to have that conversation with him, like extremely relieved mm-hmm. and uh, started eating first egg whites. Cause I was terrified of the yolks. I was, would eat a little chicken cause I was terrified of red meat. Um, <laughs> but even those little changes, I started to feel better um, mm-hmm. pretty quickly. So, and then it's, you know, eventually led me onto the journey of carnivore many years later, it took me many years to kind of get to carnivore, but um, yeah, the, the vegan, yoga thing is stupid. <laughs> That's, it's just stupid. Mm-hmm. And I have so many friends of mine in the yoga community that suffer with debilitating anxiety, suffer mm-hmm. with a myriad of health issues of, you know, they complain about their monthly cycles being horrible and painful. And that's how it was for me. I had um, surgery to remove fibroids out of my uterus when I was vegan Mm. or like golf ball size fibroids. She took pictures of them because I was in so much pain every month. And, um, you know, I was just at my doctor last month and it's the same doctor. So she checks me every time I go, she'll do an ultrasound and I'm still clear. Zero fibroids, nothing, zero. Um, at age 42, you know, when women start having more problems, I'm in better health now at 42 than I was at 32. So, um, it's wonderful. It's, and I, I'd start my profile and have my page to kind of put it out there of like, you don't, you can be spiritual. You can do yoga. You can have these practices and eat animals. Like it, it's a thing. <laughs> it yeah. really is. Yeah. But we're surrounded by this mythology, this Disneyfied kind of yeah. mythology where you know I, I grew up you know crying watching bambi and Same. stuff like that yeah. so I, and i think that was kind of deliberate i think that we were kind of trained to think of animals as these cuddly furry things that are i mean the squirrel even me hanging out with squirrels feeding squirrels in the park and thinking oh look how cute you are here's a walnut i know that that animal is still a, a kind of vicious you know it'll yeah. it can it bites it scratches yeah Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. I just was on um, someone else's podcast. Her name's Irene Lyon and she does trauma healing. Mm -hmm. And I did her 12 week trauma course, which was phenomenal. Um, But she has a pretty good size YouTube channel. It's like 50, 60,000 followers. And um, she's, she's wonderful. And she was very fascinated by my story and had me on her podcast. And she, I told her, I said, Irene, you're going to get backlash for this because the people that are interested in your work are the same people that are interested in spiritual things and you are going to get backlash. So I just want to let you know that before you interview me, if you don't want to do it, it's cool. Mm. And she did, she got a ton of backlash and her and I were talking um, chatting back and forth, back and forth. And she said, we are animals. She's mm-hmm. like the people that are freaking out about not eating animals and the vegans and all this what they're disconnected from their physiology, from their basic physiology. We are animals. We are a soul in an animal body. Mm-hmm. And we deny ourselves our proper diet and we become even more disconnected from our physiology. And you can't heal trauma and you can't 
be connected and you can't be grounded if you don't have the proper fuel and the proper building blocks for your body. And I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I, I, there's that term spiritual bypass. Yes. And I think that that's maybe what people kind of maybe they, I don't know. I, I feel like that's just kind of built into depriving yourself of the right nutrients. Yeah. That you, you go into bypass of one kind or another. It's a fun story to think that if you meditate enough or practice enough yoga or become spiritual enough or read the text or travel to India or whatever, that you're not going to need things that a basic human being or an animal needs. That's a mm. fun story, but it's not mm. true, you know? Yeah. And I've seen so many people hurt themselves to believe that lie or to try to practice spiritual bypassing or to try to, you know, out meditate instead of feeling their feelings, instead of dealing with life. Um, so yeah, spiritual bypassing is very dangerous and but it's something see. people warn against. It's people warn against it. Yeah. But then absolutely. they slip into it because they're depriving themselves. Exactly. And they think that if they just do these practices enough that they're going to be able to bypass um being a human being, you know, and having the physiological things that we do and and dealing with life on life's terms, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't. It's and again, it is understandable because you think, but it comes from this idea that the the physical world is unclean or bad or something, yeah. and and yet we also <laughs> revere a lot of the things in nature. So and understand the wisdom within nature. So yes. and acknowledge and we acknowledge it, and we even acknowledge that for other animals that eat meat, but yes. then we dep- we deny that for ourselves. It's very strange. Yes. But, so I'm really glad that you put it that way. And I, I haven't really thought of it exactly that way, but I, I've been saying that for a long time now that we, that if you're going to say that it's bad to hurt animals, then hurting yourself to avoid eating animals is not, that that's, a, that's still animal abuse. It really is. Yeah. It truly is. And I had to have, I'm so glad, grateful that I had that teacher in my life at that mm. time, because it's kind of a rare thing. Right. Um, like a, it's like having a doctor that's into keto or something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's wonderful. So uh, who are some of the people that got you into this? I mean, besides, yeah. Uh, yeah. My, um, so I have a friend that lives not too far from here. Her name's Dr. Rimka. I'm actually going to have her on my podcast tomorrow. And uh, she's a functional medicine doctor, but I had known her actually through a lot of the people in the yoga community. Mm-hmm. And um she and I, I had like exchange, we were exchanging emails and I was like having some health problems back at the end of 2019. Um, I couldn't do yoga anymore. I was getting a lot of joint pain and inflammation. My IBS was at an all time high. I was sleeping on the couch a lot of nights, mm. um, just with painful bloating and gas. My adrenals were shot out because I was like over exercising all the time. And I just, I was a mess. And, um, she said, you know, first of all, quit going to the gym at five every day. Let's stop mm. doing that. You need to rest a little bit. But I've been doing this carnivore diet for the last five months and it's amazing. You should consider it. And mm. I was like, you are out of your freaking mind. <laughs> I mean, I thought the woman was crazy. And, uh, but then I kind of sat and was like, I'm in pain. I miss practicing yoga. Um, I, just want to feel good. I just want to feel normal. And I was only, I think I was 39 at the time. Cause I'm 42 now. And I was like, 39 is too young to be having debilitating like joint pain. Way and too young. 
all these GI issues and bloating and I was having a lot of eczema. Um, I just was like, you know what? I'll try it. Why the heck not? Um, and so she was the one who initially kind of told me it was even a thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I started diving in doing my own research and started, of course, following Dr. Baker, Michaela Peterson, Mm -hmm. um, Kelly Hogan, you know, just all the people that we start to follow when we start to do this sort of thing. Yeah. Some of the same ones I followed at the beginning. Yeah. And I just was like, well, they're doing this, they're alive, you know, and I would try to listen to everything I could that I could find of, of certain people. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm feeling really good. And after just a few weeks, after like three weeks, I was back on my yoga mat practicing again, pain-free. That's um, amazing. For, see, I hear that about mood all the time, but for joint pain and yeah. stuff like that, that's amazing. It was gone. And the gas and the bloating and the indigestion was gone. My husband mm-hmm. was like, what in the world did you do? You know, and weird stuff started happening. I did a video on my YouTube channel that went viral, which is hilarious because I just did it with my phone. I had no nice equipment and I still get comments on it like every day. It's super weird. It's always how it it goes. The throwaway (laughs) video. Yeah. I've tried so hard to like produce these nice videos and no one cares, but like the one I do with my phone in my living room on the floor, like has still gets comments, but it's like the weird things. No one tells you about the carnivore diet. Oh yeah. But, you know, I started, it was like my senses were like elevated. Like I could smell, my sense of smell had been dead for so long. And all of a sudden I was like smelling mm. all, like everything all at once. It was crazy. And smell. then I haven't heard smell it, it. Thank God. It's like chilled out a little bit. Cause I could smell everyone's breath. Like oh. <laughs> that was bizarre. I was in a yoga class and I could, everyone's doing this like uh, yogic breathing. And I was like, room full of breath. it was nuts. And people would talk to me and I'd be like, Whoa, yeah. um, that was weird. And I didn't have to wear deodorant anymore. I found out by accident. I didn't wear deodorant. I was, I had like three deodorants, like one in my room, wow. two in my car. Oh, I see. I thought you meant three yo- Three would, that you had to apply old. Okay. So you just I had would just keep yeah. them because right. I never, my BO was like so bad. Wow. Then I went carnivore. I forgot to put on my, my deodorant was in a hot yoga class and was like, Oh crap. And then you know, did the sniff test. And I was like, wait, I wish I were as lucky as you. Cause I don't smell anything. <laughs> I haven't worn deodorant in two and a half years. Wow. That's awesome. And I haven't needed to, it's crazy. So yeah, a lot of things started just changing quickly for me. And, uh, then I made my Instagram page as a joke <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of it is the right place at the right. A lot of it's luck and desperation. It seems yep. that brings people to carnivore. I mean, for, for me, it was just, yeah. I mean, I, I happened to be in, in a depression so bad that yes. unlike, you know, in the past I'd, I would always eat my feelings, but this time I was, I, I was, fasting basically but you know starving myself without you know i didn't want to eat so and then i ended up fasting and yada yada and ended up uh looking it up and i didn't meet people that brought me to it but um it's yeah everyone has a different way and it's amazing how we get here um so uh you you also um i don't know how much you want to get into this but um as um uh, as the mom of of an autistic daughter yeah. Uh, you, you know, you've you've uh, shared some amazing and vulnerable things with us about that, and and I really appreciate that. Um, so, I mean, what what uh, you, you've actually um, introduced Alexis to 
uh, a ketogenic diet um, for her um, nonverbal autism and and you're experiencing benefits. Yeah, absolutely. Like to talk about that in a bit. Yeah, absolutely. She, you know, she was having at the beginning of the pandemic, just horrible behaviors um, because it's a huge transition. Everything is gone. Everything's changed. Mm-hmm. And I had wanted to do a ketogenic diet for her for years because, you know, the ketogenic diet was pretty much invented or tested out medically for kids who had epilepsy and kids that are similar to my daughter, non-speaking um, a lot of them do begin to develop seizures when they're in puberty. And, mm. you know, I was like, puberty is literally right around the corner for her, um, at the beginning of the pandemic. And so I said, she's home. We're all home. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I can control this. So I, I talked to my husband about it and I said, let's just take her keto. And she went on a bit of a hunger strike at first. Like she mm. didn't want to eat meat because she never liked meat. She would push, you know, all the meat to the side and eat the noodles or she, yeah, she never would eat meat before this. Um, I always had her gluten-free dairy free. I was always, you know, always kept her away from processed foods as much as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. Um, but she would just live on (laughs) raw broccoli and like, she would just eat vegetables and fruits all day. Um, so she went on a little strike because she's like, I'm not eating this. And then I remember one day my husband's like, Oh, we have to give her something. And I'm like, she'll eat when she's hungry. Mm -hmm. She will. And I remember one day I put a plate of chicken wings down in front of her and she just sat there for like 30 minutes. And I sat there and then finally she just like started eating them. And then she plowed through the whole plate. Wow. And that was, That was like the beginning of her starting to be, to love meat. And now she, I mean, I have, Philip is such a kind person. He sent me a box. He sends me carnivore bars for her. Philip Meese, Philip Meese of the carnivore bar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I literally have a huge box over here. I pick it up and it's heavy that he sent me just for her um, because she loves the carnivore bar. She eats those for breakfast every day. Yeah. yeah, So she, she tells me that when, you know, she's not, eating the processed foods and the sugar and the carbohydrate that she thinks clearer. She's able to control her mood and her behaviors better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like it's, it's healthier for her, you know, she's yeah. eating real food. So um, it's, it's really been a good thing for her. Yeah. It's healthier for everyone. And I think that, yeah. uh, you know, anything that's uh, it, people, like the keto diet has been pretty much only studied for uh, things like epilepsy and other neurological uh, issues. So, um, but for just basic health, <laughs> it's right. crazy. So, I mean, if it's okay for these people, why is it not okay for right. everyone? That's what I say. I'm like, why, why would we not, why would we not do it if it's okay for all these different health conditions? Yeah. You know, it's, it's why not be healthy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you've always been, um, I'm rather, I'm wondering, have you always been so, um, experimental or, or so into experimentation because you're very much into, you know, the testing things and measuring, not always, you're not, you're not obsessive, which is great. You're not obsessive. You're not dogmatic, but you do like to get thorough and you, you geek out on all the details. And so, I mean, (laughs) I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't before I didn't care before. And then I kind of just over the last couple of years have been like, I'm curious to see, like, I'm curious to start testing. And for me, it's, it is fun to kind of test and see how different things work and how different blood markers work. Like I just got like, so I have 18 pages worth of blood work sitting on my desk right now that I just got (laughs) done. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. Um, but it's all good. I mean, it's like, That's I'm great. so thrilled of how good it is because I've been tweaking and playing around with things a bit. And um, I've been mostly, I, I did try out some plants at the beginning of this year just to mm-hmm. see how I would do. But I started getting a little eczema under my lip and a little bit on my finger. And I was like, well, you know what? And then I went through a hard patch with my daughter. She had to get some surgery on her ear. And it was just like, mentally, I was like, I could feel better mentally. And I know the kind of clarity that I feel with carnivore. Mm -hmm. I miss that just a little bit, even though I've added in a few plants here and there. And so I've been back to mostly carnivore since the beginning of May, since all this stuff with her surgery went down. Um, Here we are in middle of July. So all this blood work is like carnivore blood work, you know, and it's, it's amazing. It's so good. (laughs) So it's fun to see how different things um, affect you. But I don't, the thing is, I don't think it's a a barrier to entry. And I feel kind of like, okay, I've put all this stuff out about testing. I don't want to discourage people from trying this way of eating if they can't afford testing or they don't want to do all the testing. You don't need to. I don't do it much. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you need to do it. If you're feeling good, you're sleeping good, then you don't really need it. But for me, it's just kind of like a little hobby, I guess you could say. Yeah. It's valuable. I mean, to have yeah. these, I mean, and, and sometimes they can catch things that you haven't noticed and, you know, it can sometimes be an emergency. So it can yeah, be good. Definitely. But yeah. Uh, and we are of course not doctors, you know, disclaimer. Right. No, <laughs> but, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's important to be able to, and once you know, once you actually study, cause that's another thing a lot, a lot of people in uh, this uh, space will study a lot. We read yeah. books. We, we listen to, uh, you know, we listen to doctors. We talk to doctors, we, mm-hmm. you know, people think that we're just a bunch of nuts making up stuff and saying, you know, following the internet, you know, and that's not it. It's not, no. it's, but it's just that the internet is where you can get this information. And so much of it, is, I mean, thankfully now we have books like, you know, the, yeah. Uh, the, you know, the carnivore diet by Sean Baker, Dr. Sean yep. Baker and the carnivore code by Dr. Saladino, Paul mm-hmm. Saladino. But, um, uh, so I mean, how, how much writing do you do by the way? You know, I, w- I should do more. I don't really do a ton of writing. Most of my stuff is video, you know, yeah. that I've done and most of my work is videos. Um, but I do enjoy writing. It's just something I, it's just the one thing I haven't made time for. And I've, I've actually been approached by someone and asked to write a book about the carnivore diet and my experience. And I just didn't have the bandwidth to do it at the time, but I feel like know. something that we, we, I think there's something we all need to do is write a yeah. bunch of books. <laughs> I feel like we should, I, feel, yeah. I really do feel like we should. I mean, my, the blood test that I just did, it's crazy. My doctor who did them looked at them and she said, what do you, what are you doing? Because you have a hormone, your hormone levels, your sex hormone levels are you're at age 42 are where I would expect to see someone in their early to mid thirties. She's like, so you really must be doing something right. Um, in your life, you know, what is it that you're doing? And I'm like, (laughs) just really just eating meat and eggs and salmon row and <laughs> yeah, getting sunshine, you know, those are the things that I prioritize in my life. And of course I meditate every day and, you know, do yoga when I can, but really, I feel like so many people could be helped if they just changed the way that they ate, you know, mm-hmm. and so many problems that people are having could be easily fixed. Absolutely. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. But, well, um, so you said there's something really important there, but you also have something important that you 
I think I uh, like to communicate, which is what things don't, uh, uh, which may things are not, you know, it's like a diet is not a fix all rather no. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, what are some of the things you find are, you know, that you need to manage or what are some of the other tools you need to incorporate, like, like meditation and why? Yeah. Yeah. Meditation is super, super important. Um, for me, you know, I was addicted to sleeping medication for 20 plus years. And so I, I didn't want to be on it. It was like the last thing for me to go. I was able to get off of benzodiazepines and SSRIs and um, all the other things I was able to wean off those slowly. Mm. It was not easy, but I was able to. Um, but the sleeping medication was the last thing for me to go. And I heard that meditation could help with that. And so I was like, and I had a bunch of stuff kind of go wrong in my life all at the same time. And I stumbled upon uh, my now teacher, his name is Light Watkins. Um, you can find him on Instagram. He's pretty well known. Mm -hmm. And he had a book out and um, I heard him on a podcast and I decided to buy this book. It's called Blissmore. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just try this. Why not? I've been doing yoga for all these years. And I try to meditate the way that, you know, they kind of tell you to sit there and close your eyes and then just not think about stuff. And I would want to staple my face to a wall <laughs> or run out screaming like this sucks. Like I can't meditation sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that book, I finally was ready to hear the information and he had a technique in the book and I tried it and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is so easy. Like this, mm. where has this been all my life? This is so incredibly easy. And my sisters both have been meditating just from the book technique um, for the last couple of years. Also, mm. um, I did actually get to study with actually one of lights students here in Atlanta. And then my husband got to study with light in person because he comes through Atlanta occasionally. Um, so we did go ahead and get a little bit of a more advanced technique from that, but just from doing that meditation technique, I started it in April. So it took some time by October one night, I said, I don't think I need my medication tonight before bed. Mm -hmm. And I had tried to wean off of this stuff so many freaking times. And, uh, just, I don't think I need it. That was in October. I had started meditating every day in April and by October, I just quit taking it and I had no side effects and mm -hmm. it was amazing. Uh, and I have not been on sleeping medication ever since. And so, wow. um, meditation does a lot of wonderful things for me in just the way that I can be in the world, the way that I react to things. If somebody cuts me off in traffic, you know, or somebody like does something crappy to me, yeah. I don't immediately go to animal brain and lose my mind. Mm -hmm. Like things that used to bother me, they still bother me, but I don't react like a crazy person the way that I used to. Yeah. Um, I don't need sleeping medication. So I think that meditation is, and I think that doing that meditation, so I did that meditation starting in April, and then that following January is when I started carnivore. Um, okay. And I had never been able to stick to anything. I mean, without, because I have food addiction and I have addiction issues. That's a whole other uh, conversation. I've de I definitely am an, an addict, Yeah. Um, was a major food addict, and I could never stick to anything. Um, I would always, I'd be good, and then I end up like binging on whatever, chocolate, carbs, whatever. But I really do think that meditating and having that practice in my life and having that foundation allowed me to go into carnivore and just do it. And not that addict part of my brain with the food got to a point where it, it wasn't a problem. I mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't 
go off on binges and I didn't really have the desire to binge either. So, um, I think that meditation definitely helped with that as well. Wow. That's a, that's amazing. And yeah. So, and, and how the meditation helped you to stay on carnivore and the carnivore helped you stay on meditation. Both. They work together yeah. very synergistically. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, that's a common thing is that people are finding that addictions just kind of melt away sometimes when yeah. you, or it's easier to stay away from the things like I, I was hooked on nicotine and caffeine, which are not the worst, you know, most dangerous things, but still, you know, yeah. and, and, going carnivore, I just eventually, yeah, I don't need these. And my energy was better. And my, my, I had some anxiety. I didn't even realize I had, you know, because yeah. I felt so much better as a carnivore and then took away the caffeine, which, Hey, we should talk about that. Cause yeah. so how's that going? It's been what Great. about a month? No, I quit in February, February. Yeah. Okay. So it's but been you, several months. Right, now. you talked about it about a month ago. You, yeah, you, I did. You, I did a video. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I could really do it before I made a video on it that I could <laughs> actually please. stick to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but now it's like there's no turning back. Like I have, I do not. I look at coffee now, and I know some people might think this is crazy, but me as someone, I don't drink alcohol because I have a problem with alcohol. Mm -hmm. I know if I was to go pick up a drink today, that would it would turn something on in me where I'd want to have a drink every single day. Like that's right. just me as an addict, how my brain works. And I finally got to that point with coffee where mm -hmm. I know if I have a cup of coffee one morning, just as a treat, then it will turn into every morning, you know, and then I will not experience the benefits of living a caffeine free life, which to me is like lessened anxiety, better sleep, better gut health. Mm -hmm. Um, so many things I enjoy not being on caffeine and just natural. I have so much energy um, and I don't rely on caffeine to give me energy in the morning. Even gut health. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Gut. Everything health. affects the gut, man. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. And you're, you're into things like probiotics sometimes, right? I mean, yeah, I have played with probiotics. Um, I've also just recently over this last year started using like some digestive enzymes and a little HCL um, mm -hmm. because I wasn't absorbing a lot of the nutrients from my food, um, mm -hmm. which is it's pretty common. But I have a history of just really abusing my body. Um yeah alcohol abuse, uh, pharmaceutical drugs. I mentioned all those medications I was on for anxiety and depression and sleep, um, antibiotic use. I mean, so I've yeah. done a number on my gut Yeah. and, uh, I started, I started working with this guy, Steve Wright, who I love. He's been on my channel a bunch. And, uh, I had gained about 20 pounds last year during the pandemic mm. was trying to cut calories to lose it, you know, just, trying to, cause I had tried everything else and, um, I couldn't do it. I couldn't sustain a calorie deficit. I was so starving. And he said, you know, you're probably not absorbing the nutrients out of your food. Mm -hmm. So you might benefit from adding in some HCL and some enzymes and see if that doesn't help. And sure enough, between adding the probiotics and the enzymes and the HCL, I lost the 20 pounds. That's um, amazing. Because I wasn't, I wasn't starving anymore. It was like my body was finally able to extract the nutrients from my food. Yeah. Um, so I tell people, you know, if you're not losing weight on carnivore, or you're overeating on carnivore, you might want to make sure that your gut health is in order um, mm -hmm. before you start trying to slash calories, because it, if you're not absorbing your nutrients, you're just going to be hungry no matter what mm -hmm. diet you do, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. We, yeah. 
we often underestimate the amount of damage we've done to ourselves, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, and the healing is deep. So it's amazing yeah. the, the, the thing when, and then it also explains these so-called miracles, just the, why these things turn around in weeks or sometimes overnight. It's that you are fueling your body appropriately. And yeah. And and there there's science to it, but there's also just the it's it's weird going back to asceticism, you know, this, the self denial stuff to try to purify yourself to be spiritual. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean that that whole dynamic applies to just every aspect of of life. I think you know when when you're if you're um, denying yourself, denying your true nature, you just end up out of sync, out of balance, and end up diseased or 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 you may maybe maybe experience this ease on an emotional level absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah the body remembers everything it really yeah. does we don't get to get away with things the way that you know we think we do and we're in our 20s and perhaps we do a bit more but then as we get you know into 30s and now i'm in my 40s it's like yeah i just can't um abuse myself and get away with it but I don't want to at this point. It's like once you once you feel a certain way, you know how good your body can actually feel. Mm -hmm. You just don't really have the desire to um, to put poison in your body to abuse yourself. You know. Yeah. yeah. And there's yeah, of course, and I feel the same way. And also, I I develop strong resentments against all the foods that hurt me, that hurt you know my my loved ones, and. Oh man. And the people just around me, just seeing humanity suffering on so many levels for no good reason, mostly for profit, for the profit of these companies. It's infuriating. It is. And it's, yeah, it's like, it's hard because I know I, I, I loved watching the interview with you and your dad. That was just so cool Thank you. Um, to see how well he's doing. And I just, that was just heartwarming and just amazing to watch. Um, my family is anti- you know, diet culture. That's yeah. what they say. They think I'm diet culture, you know, which is crazy because I'm totally anti-diet culture. Yeah. Um, but they think kind of what I do is crazy, but they are, you know, way overweight, mm. um, have a lot of health problems and they don't, con they don't make the connection the way that I do with the food. Um, and it's tough. It's hard to see them suffer. You know, I'm the oldest of three, but now I look like the youngest. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard to watch them, you know, go and get free donuts and yeah, you know, do that whole lifestyle thing. And I'm just like, oh, God, you don't have to do that. You don't have to live that way. And as we get older, I think the gap is going to continue to widen um, with the health thing, which makes me sad because I want I want them to be here as I get older, you know, I want us mm -hmm. to all grow old together and be healthy together, but they kind of have this, um, it's, it's such a brainwashing that's yeah. going on about, you know, all foods fit and everything in moderation and food doesn't cause disease and it's diet culture and fat mm -hmm. acceptance and just like all the noise, mm -hmm. um, is just so ingrained. And so it's, yeah, it's tough. It's really it, tough. And it's very, it's manipulative because of yeah. course we accept, you know, people who happen to be fat, they're just, that's, that's their body. That's not, I mean, it doesn't matter. It, it, right. it, it what we're concerned about is health you yes. know? And, and we've both been heavy. Yeah. So, you know, it's been, you know, it, and then 
and that's why I mean I think that's why we share our before pictures pretty frequently is that yeah. we, we want to make sure people remember hey we're not coming from nowhere here right <laughs> exactly because you can I mean I was 235 pounds it's been 13 years ago now wow. so it's easy to forget you know or it's easy for someone to look at you and say oh you lost the weight all that time ago but it's like what to me is harder is like maintenance, you know, because you have to build a whole new lifestyle. Like you can lose the weight, but you have mm -hmm. to change your life. You have to change the way that you live, the way that you look at things. All of that has to change, or you're going to go back to being obese again. You know, you do that I mean, you, you, you lost it three times, right? Yeah. Times. Three times. Yep. Yeah. Because I had lost it once in high school and mm. then again in my mid twenties, and then I gained it all again when I got pregnant with my daughter. And so, yeah, three times I had lost a hundred pounds. And so I can definitely say you can gain the weight just as easily as you can lose it for sure. Mm. Yeah. 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 I remember in high school, I, I got up to, I think I was heaviest in high school. I think I got up to maybe 260. Wow. Which is, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm about 5'10". So yeah, I, I was a big guy and I look back on my, I can't find my yearbook for some reason, but when I look back at that picture, I think I look like a completely different person, even yeah. from, from 2016. It's crazy. Yeah. It's sad. I was, I think I was 14 when I was at my highest weight when I was in high school mm. and I was probably 230 pounds at 14 and five foot seven, you know? Um, mm. So, yeah, and that's not there. You're not treated uh, very kindly <laughs> when you're that overweight. You're just not. I, did, I felt invisible during high school. I was goth. I love uh, that you have the yeah. goth thing. I had purple <laughs> hair and Doc Martens and wore all black and nine inch nails. And, you oh, know, cool. yeah, I didn't know you were a goth. That's oh, awesome. yeah. <laughs> had purple hair and everything because that's who those were my people. They didn't care if yeah. I was fat, like and I could be emo and like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, listen to the listen to all the music and go to the shows and everyone was cool with me, you know. Oh, back then I had a thing I would always make fun of emos, but no. <laughs> said, oh, look at those emos over there, you know. Yeah, yeah. All emotional and stuff. But of course <laughs> yeah. I was still being I was being morbid and and writing my, you know, uh, dramatic poetry and my, you know, with a quill and all that kind of god oh stuff. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> hilarious. My favorite movie was The Crow. The Crow. When I was in high school. Yeah. 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 I might be a little bit older than you. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. We're, we're the same generation pretty much, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with all that stuff. Um, so uh, what, what are some of your favorite things to eat? You know, I just love sometimes just a good burger patty, to be honest with you. I made some really great burgers on the 4th of July. Um, I really love salmon. I like, I've really gotten into salmon roe and seafood. I've mm -hmm. been doing a lot more of that just to try to um, bump up like my iodine. And I just feel better when I have a little bit more seafood. Um, but I love, I love red meat. You know, I'm trying to get my husband to buy me a smoker right now. Like that's Ooh. the thing I want to Traeger really bad because, um, I want to, I've done some briskets in the oven that have mm -hmm. turned out really nicely, but I really want a smoker so I can make a brisket on the smoker. Oh man, that sounds so, yeah, I keep thinking about smokers. I, I have uh, now a, a charcoal grill, a, yep. a, a butane grill and, uh, you know, a bunch of gadgets like air fryer and yep. stuff like that, dehydrator, all this, if you're turning into a total gadget cook. Yeah, same. I've got my auto wild, I've got my air fryer. 
I love yeah. a cast iron though. Cast iron is like super simple and easy. Yeah. I just um, yeah took out my cast iron pan and thought, why was I using this other pan before? I, I yeah. forgot. I guess I forgot about it. It was in my packing, you know, when I was moving. So, oh yeah. 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 Um, uh, do you, you don't do, a, uh, I guess you do some, you do actually do a lot of recipes. I mean, uh, a little bit. I mean, I'm kind of the anti-recipe recipe person. <laughs> yeah. I'm not everything I do. I've like made it up, you know, everything that all my recipes have kind of been like, Oh, I made this up. And then they kind of catch on like my, um, egg muffin recipe that mm-hmm. was really big last summer. Now everyone's doing the high, the protein sparing bread, which I still haven't tried. Oh, I haven't but, heard um, of that one. Protein oh gosh. Yeah. The, everyone's doing the protein sparing bread with just made out of egg whites and egg white protein. Uh, it's like really high protein and fat free. I figured yeah. Which, that's not my deal at all. Right. <laughs> I got to have my fat. Um, yeah. But my egg yolk muffins, those were really big last summer. And I kind of made those up by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not like everything I cook is super ridiculously simple, you know? It is. It is. And I appreciate that because I'm I'm not a recipe person at all. I can't. I, I just pretty much only use salt and beef, you know, yeah. salt and whatever meat I'm eating. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you don't do eggs. So that takes a lot of, yeah, that takes a lot of the other recipes out too. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how much I miss eggs. Uh, it's, I yeah. mean, they're delicious. They're convenient. They're relatively, relatively inexpensive. Even if you get the cage free, all the fancy stuff, the heirloom, it's still relatively inexpensive and I can't eat them. Oh, that's so uh, frustrating. And I think it got worse during carnivore. I mean, definitely mm. got worse. I, I think it's like my, my body wasn't used to constantly being barraged by all the, whatever I was doing to it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, once you get, when uh, people think that you're, you're weakening your body. Some people criticize the carnivore diet saying you're weakening your body. Now you can't handle even a little plant. And, yeah. uh, and I say, uh, no, I stopped poisoning myself. So it's more noticeable when something goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I go back and forth on that one. I've been working with a new doctor who I'm going to have on my podcast. Her name's Dr. Courtney Hunt. And, Mm -hmm. um, she won't say that she's for any diet, but she's into ketosis and sunshine and -hmm. she won't say she's carnivore, but she's basically carnivore. Um, and she talks a lot on her live streams about, cause she does live streams every single morning on Instagram to teach quantum physics. And yeah, it's really, it's really cool stuff. Um, it's a rabbit hole you go down, but she's, she's been, I'm working with her right now. That's who I got all the blood work for. And she did some genetic testing for me, but she talks a lot about how the plants are poison and it's the glyph. She's like, it's it's so much of the glyphosate. Mm, A lot about that these days. Yeah. She's like, you're poisoning yourself. If you're eating those things with all the glyphosate on them. And she was the other reason I decided I would kind of just not really worry because I kind of did let some of that get into my head of like my body's weak because I can't, you know, I'm not eating these things. I need more diversity. I've had microbiome experts on my show who kind of say that stuff. So that's one of the reasons I said started trying to play with plants. But then after talking with her and kind of doing her protocol and looking at her work, I'm like, yeah, that is got a bunch of glyphosate and crap on it. It's not, Mm. um, it doesn't have the health benefits that people say it does. And if I'm happy, I'm healthy. My blood work is stellar. Do I really need to be worrying about, (laughs) you know, adding in the variety? So it's, Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things that you just, 
I had Dr. Nick Norwitz. I don't know if you've heard of him. I had him on my podcast just today. Hmm. And he was saying, you know, even though this, you know, way of eating that we have worked so well for us and has cured so many things, sometimes the brainwashing is so deep and it gets into our head and these messages still get into our head that we start to doubt things and we start to say, well, maybe, you know, and that definitely has happened for me over the last year where I'm like, well, maybe I do need to think, you know, but Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, it took me. That's why I. I mean, when I when I first started, I first got through the big fat surprise by Nina Teicholz. Loved it. It was a great summary of just how we got to these nutritional facts, so called facts. You know, yeah. the, the suggestions, the recommend recommended daily intake, and all that stuff. All these scandalous histories of nutrition history. Um, but but um, then then uh, I read the uh, or I listened to the audiobook, honestly of. Good Calories, Bad Calories by Gary Tobbs. Ah, uh, yes. You know, it's a huge, thick book full of science. And so I listened to that. Even when I disagreed with it, I just kept listening all the way through to just drill myself with this science so that yes. I could just believe that, yes, it really does work. And this is why. Yeah, that's what we have to do sometimes. We have to just, you know, I'm against like being in an echo chamber all the time. I like to sometimes hear things I disagree with and hear mm-hmm. different opinions, mm-hmm. but you can also overdo that as well. Yeah. Like I was, <laughs> I was telling, I have a, a membership group and I do a zoom with them once a week. And I was telling them that I was listening to some people talk about how, if you don't eat carbs, it like raises your cortisol and da da da, which I think it can for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was listening to this and I was like, shoot, I better go get an apple. Like I was literally <laughs> thinking I should just go eat an apple because I'm screwed. And then I was like, why am I listening to this? Like, <laughs> this is dumb. I don't need to go eat an apple. I'm fine. Like, why would I do that? Um, but we just mm-hmm. sometimes can, it's, it's dangerous to never hear any other opinions and to keep yourself in an echo chamber. But then, um, it can be dangerous the other way too. Cause you can start to think like you can start to create problems that don't actually exist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really sick. Cause again, this is nature. This is, these are facts. These are realities that we're dealing with. These are not just how we feel about food. This is how food actually affects us. Right. So if we choose the wrong thing, it's going to affect us and we're going to notice. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had different doctors on my podcast that are not carnivore advocates. You know, I had Dr. Will Cole on, who's more of a plant-based. I had um, mm-hmm. Dr. Anna Kabeca, who is all about alkaline and um, meats acidic and this and that. And, you know, the thing is I try after talking with her, she gave me a bunch of her stuff and I tried it and I had like horrible oxalate issues. Like oh. I started having, um, I made a video about it. I, it was called like painful symptoms return. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I started having horrible issues after trying, you know, some of these plant products that are supposed to be so great and make your body like alkaline and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I started to think, well, maybe I should try this out. And then I was like, oh no, you should just do carnivore because you feel better that way. Yeah. And you don't, you're not up, up all night in pain, up all night peeing from eating whatever toxin is in this, you know, plant compound. That's yeah. yeah it's just not good for everybody. Wow. So you, you don't, um, so you don't crave the old stuff, the stuff that you shouldn't be eating so much anymore. Right. But I really don't. Yeah, that's good. But you do sometimes want to reintroduce things or you do sometimes want things. So what what drives you now to want to bring certain things into your diet? 
Well, now I'm, I mean, I feel like I did a lot of experimenting at the beginning of this year, just trying different things. Um, now it's really not a thing so much. Like last night, actually, I had a couple bites. Uh, I made a bunch of Brussels sprouts for my husband and my daughter, and I had a couple bites and I was mm-hmm. fine. They didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I just do stuff like that. Like I'll have a couple bites just to just out of curiosity, because yeah. when I used to eat Brussels sprouts, it would be a couch night. <laughs> it would be like, wow. you're definitely on the couch tonight because the gas is going to keep the yeah. whole, everyone up. Um, <laughs> I see sleeping on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. I was asleep on the couch night because yeah. I can't be in the bedroom because it's like a methane gas explosion Yeah, if you go in that room. But so I'll do stuff like that, like once a week or so, where I'm like, eh, I wonder if I took a couple bites of this, if that'd be okay. Just out of curiosity. But I don't seek it out. You know, um, we don't really eat out very much because I don't want my family eating a lot of the oils that restaurants cook with. Yeah. And my husband now, it's really funny since I've been carnivore and I've kind of learned how to cook. I was never this great cook before. Honestly, I would kind of just skate by, make things up, but he says he prefers my steaks. If I cook them on the auto wild, um, to like a restaurant steak. (laughs) <laughs> crazy. He's like, I like your salmon better than this, the restaurant salmon. I like that. So we don't really eat out so much, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but if we do sometimes I'm like, huh, I wonder if I got a salad, if I'd be okay. Right. Um, so I'll do stuff like that, but it's very, it's like once a week or once a month, it's not all the time, you know, is it really enjoyable? I mean, how does it compare to eating the meat? Honestly, it's weird now. Vegetables almost have a sweet taste to me. Mm. Like, and that sounds crazy. I know. But I can they, imagine it. They do taste kind of sweet. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's not something I want to gorge myself on. It's something I can have a couple bites of and then go enjoy my steak, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't really seek it out so much. It's just mm-hmm. like a, eh, I could try that, but I don't have to, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and and I know that it's you're you're non dogmatic and you you don't you're not insisting that you're going to be doing a carnivore diet for the rest of your life, but uh, I mean, do you expect to be carnivore heavy for for I mean the foreseeable future? Definitely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I can never see myself going to like a heavy plant diet. Like I just, I mean, number one, because the reaction I had when I just tried those little plant products, um, but two, I just wouldn't be giving my body the proper nutrients. Like now I know what I know and talking to all the different doctors that I have, Mm -hmm. um, the animal foods, the meat, you know, egg yolks, salmon roe, those things, especially the red meat that has the nutrients that our bodies need. Um, those are the building blocks for our hormones. And so to deny myself having that as the majority of my diet, would just be stupid. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, why would I ever not just have this be the focus? I mean, we've got a chest freezer downstairs, our upstairs freezers full. I'm like, I would like to get another chest freezer with the way things are going right yeah, now. Ditto, ditto, big ditto. Yeah. 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 But that's, I feel like the, the best nutrition for myself long-term and for my family long-term, there's going to be meat as the centerpiece the vegetable is like a little condiment, you know, it's like, I just make that for them because they get bored. I don't really necessarily get bored, Mm -hmm. you know, right? (laughs) 
they get bored. So I'll make them the Brussels sprouts or the broccoli or the asparagus. I try to go low anti-nutrient and then cook it, um, cook it for them. But yeah. And they don't really, they don't demand things that would tempt you or anything like that. No, they, I mean, they really don't. Um, Some people really struggle with that stuff with their their family wants, you know, muffins and stuff like that. We don't bring that stuff. I mean, my husband knows Mm -hmm. that when my daughter eats that way, she has really bad behaviors. Like she gets hysterical. Um, We had my birthday, my, they wanted a cake for my birthday, even though I wasn't going to eat it. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, fine. So we went over to my mom's house for my birthday this year. And I, you know, my mom's like, just let her have a piece. Just let her have a piece. And I was like, you know what? Fine. Just let her have a piece. And oh, she was okay. so excited. I thought, I thought she meant you. but No, me. I was like, no, nah, I don't care. Yeah. Um, They're used to me not eating this yeah. stuff at the, they're just like, Sarah's a weirdo who doesn't ever <laughs> eat the desserts, like, or the vegetables, like whatever. Um, but my mom was begging me to let my daughter have some cake. And I was like, fine, she can have a piece. And she really, really wanted it. Mm. And that weekend with her weekend was one of the worst that we've had mm. in, I don't remember how long. And my husband's like, yeah, she can't have those, that food. She can't be eating that, those and, types of foods. And did she recognize that too? Yeah, she did. She did That's after good. the fact, but I mean, yeah. it was awful. She, she, she gets very, she gets violent sometimes. Um, she'll scratch us, bite us, lash out, things like that. And it was a really hard weekend. Um, there's, I feel like if I shared my, I was telling my husband, cause he's like, you should, um, he always, always telling me what I should do with my social media. You need to be more vulnerable and share more of yourself and let people see how funny you are and let people see more of you. And I'm like, yeah, I could probably blow it up if I really showed everything about our life, but I do want to protect my daughter's privacy. Yeah. And there's a certain point where I'm just like, I don't know if I want to put everything in my life on the internet. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a different kind of life with her. It's, it's very different. Um, so we don't bring muffins into the house. We don't bring cake into the house. Like my husband and we have a hard line. We just don't do that because it messes with our actual quality of life. You know, mm-hmm. some people will say, oh, I just don't feel good. No, I might get my freaking cornea scratched. Like that night he had his whole side of his face was scratched, like had a gash on his face from her. Just like, Psh. oh man. Yeah. Cause she was yeah. upset and she was inconsolable mm-hmm. and she Psh, scratched yeah. him from eating cake. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, lesson learned. There's a nice little reminder of why we don't bring those foods in. And so people come to me and they're like, well, my family has this, that, and the other in the house. And I'm like, you're the mom, yeah. <laughs> like put yeah. your foot down. Exactly. If, yeah. if you tell, if you cook for your family, if you say this is a food you're going to have, then they're going to eat it. They might yeah. be pissed about it, but like you, you do have more control over this than you're allowing. Exactly. You really do. Exactly. Kind of a hard ass about that kind of stuff, but good. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Because yeah, I mean, I, on behalf of, of progeny everywhere, thank you. Because you know, and my mom did the same for me. She said, I said, mommy, can I be a vegetarian? And she said, no, you have to eat some, you know, <laughs> at least some chicken, some cheese, you know, and yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It's always chicken. Huh? The kids love chicken. They do. My daughter loves, I, I, she will eat the carnivore bars, the carnivore snacks, like the meat snacks, but yeah. she, she, I just start, got her to start eating my meatballs. She'll eat those. Yeah. She'll eat a burger if I put enough of the right stuff on it. 
but she's she won't eat steak at all. Like she won't touch a steak. Like I'll make wow. a filet mignon. She won't have anything to do with it. She'll love chicken wings, chicken thighs, chicken, like all the chicken. But yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, we all have our preferences. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I think I'm getting into a little more into um the dried meats again. So I think I just I like snacking on things throughout the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's just how I am. And I'm trying to lean into it a bit. And yeah. it's just meat, meat and salt. So yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I I have um carnivore snacks are my favorite. Basically and what I'm making at home, homemade yeah, carnivore snacks. Yeah. They're so good. And mm. I I had to like stop keeping them right here beside my desk because I would say I'm not going to snack today. And then I'd sit down to have like a consult or do a live stream or do something. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have like 10 of these before I start because they're just yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. man. Uh, well, Sarah, thanks so much for being on the meat of it. And I, I've really enjoyed watching your journey and learning from you and and being, you know, being carnivore buddies. Yeah, it's been really awesome. And I've really enjoyed watching your channel and seeing your growth. And like I said, it's just relaxing to get to just log in and hear your videos. So thank you for having me here. I really appreciate that. Thanks again to Sarah, the carnivore yogi, for a wonderful conversation. You can find all her links at carnivoreyogi.com. And you can find all my links at themeatofit.com. Sorry about my camera. I didn't realize that all that information would be floating on the screen the entire time. To be honest, I had to use a backup camera because I was adjusting my other camera on the tripod and it crashed to the floor. It was devastating. So until I get that fixed, I might just go back to my webcam like I'm doing now. But I do think it's kind of funny that no matter what, every single time I try to upgrade my something, I end up doing something, but I'll keep trying to bring you the best quality I can. Special thanks, as always, to my supporters on Patreon. Kevin, Jeffrey, Nate, Matt, Todd, Mary, Adrian, Jordan, Grigori, my dad, and MJ Armstrong. Thank you all so much. I hope that everyone watching or listening is as healthy and happy as possible. Thanks again, and I'll see you again soon.